this is the one. This is it. This is the fucking podcast of all podcasts. It's the motherfucking Holy Grail. It's like, it's like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. You know, I think that we'd be shocked if we walked through some of our schools today from USA Today. Today's schools are cursed by an increase in swearing with language that would stand a sailor's hair on end. In a recent poll of high school principals, 89% said they face profane language every day. How sad, Jack. Our teenagers. You are now listening to the world's stupidest podcast ever. <laughs> This is the GTFOH podcast. We have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many women 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 we're going to do something unprecedented in this world. If you feeling like you beat down from whatever may be going on out in the world, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We are going for a free episode, completely free of a mention of you know what the fuck I'm talking about, all right? God damn it, I don't want to talk about this shit right now. I don't want to hear about this shit right now. I've done my best to bob and weave through the corners of the internet the corners of the news medias to find you some stories that for the most part will be able to be told without mentioning the dreaded thing we don't mention for this episode all right you know lord voldemort he he's the one who won't be named well that thing that's the thing it will not be named all right fuck that we're not talking about it all right so I need you to prepare, strap yourself in, because this episode is going to be straight to the motherfucking point. Um, I'm feeling good. I had a rough couple of days. I know everybody out there. I've been talking to friends. I've been talking to colleagues, other other artists. I've been talking to people. And everybody's kind of on an up and down roller coaster in life right now. And it just kind of, you just have to thug it out through them days where you feel a little bit blah and meh. And just kind of, you know, hold on, hold strong, do what you can to keep it moving. All right. That's all I'm going to say. All right. I want to say before we get into it. I want to say a big shout out to the monthly supporters of the show. Uh, we are still currently sponsorless, so you guys are the fucking sponsors, all right? So I appreciate y'all. I want to say shout out to Declan Johnston, Amanda, Paul Reed, Samantha Robinson, Gia Saucedo, Robert Rousseau, Jose Morales, Randy Catone, Norman Joseph Penberthy V, and Christina Valenzuela, who is also one of the voices on the intro of the show. So big up. Big up to all of y'all. Thank you so much for supporting the show and keeping it going. I really hope y'all enjoy it so far. I've been getting really good feedback. I'm feeling really good about the show. And it's just a very, it's a slow burn. It's a, it's a you know, we're, we're a very strong, small group of, of individuals that love to look at the world through a, you know, a jaded, cynical, ironic looking glass but we we're growing and there's room for aggressive expansion you know what i'm saying so thank you guys so much i fucking appreciate y'all i'm feeling good i want to get into it and 
since I don't have to talk about anything depressing or whatever, uh, you know, I can just get into it and talk talk to y'all like one-on-one and, and just feel good and unwind. And there's nothing like being able to confidently and happily say, go ahead and give me some head. Lines. Getting, 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 I was getting some head. Getting, getting some head. Lines. Getting some head. Getting, getting some head. Lines. Getting some head. Getting, getting some head. Lines. She's the kind of girl to make your toes pop. At 11, pay more at the grocer, but getting less will tell you how to get the most. The fuck are you doing? We need to acknowledge an unfortunate mistake that I made and one of the teases we bring to you before this program. While we were live just after 10 o'clock, I said a word that many people find offensive. I'm truly sorry. It was a mistake on my part, and I sincerely apologize. All right, we're going to South Lake Tahoe. The headline reads, South Lake Tahoe woman arrested after allegedly licking items in Safeway grocery store. Get the fuck out of here. What is it with people now? You know, the the old crazy used to be, you know, I'm just going to run into the street and talk to myself or I'm going to yell at traffic or, you know what I'm saying? But now the new crazy, like, it's like all the crazy folks got together and was like, you know what we should do? Like, we should add something into the repertoire because I feel like we're not keeping people guessing. You know what I'm saying? We need to add in some, like, new, some new looks for the season. All right. Well, what do you got? Well, we could, um, we could, hmm, let me see, we could talk to ourselves. Nah, man, come on, talk to ourselves? That's like an OG one. We've been doing that since the beginning of time. What else you got? What else you got? Hmm, uh, we could yell at the moon. Eh, it's all right. It's a little bit werewolfy, but I don't know. What else you got? Um, ooh, what about going into grocery stores and licking all the items? I love it. Fuck yes. Let's do it. All right, get started right now. We need, we need a ringer, though, first. Why don't we have, like, a regular person who's not really crazy go in and do lick ice cream and then have the story go viral, and then we'll just disperse and all of us regular crazy folks will just go out and do it at random. All right, and break. Wow. A woman in South Lake Tahoe was arrested Tuesday after she allegedly licked items in a Safeway grocery store, according to a release from the South Lake Tahoe Police Department. If you've ever been to Lake Tahoe, it's a beautiful place that also borders on a little bit of crazy, too, because they, you know, they're right up next to, uh, you know, the gambling capital of the world. I would like to think anyways. Um, this woman, she's 53 and her name is Jennifer Walker. She's got a bright future ahead of her and I'm sure her past is amazing as well. She allegedly licked several pieces of jewelry for sale at the store. Oh, this is some new shit, because normally when I've heard about uh, Lickapalooza, it's because someone's gone in and licked, like, some food items. Because obviously you would, you can connect why they would, you know, licking an ice cream container or something, opening up something and licking it because you're going to get some taste out of it. No, no, this magical bitch is licking jewelry for no fucking reason. After she licked um, several pieces of jewelry, she began to fill her shopping cart with $1,800 worth of merch. Let's go. Officers called to the scene determined that Walker, a resident of South Lake Tahoe, had no means to pay for the items in her cart. Spoiler alert. Who couldn't have guessed that? Who couldn't have seen that coming? A Safeway employee told the officers those items could no longer be sold due to cross-contamination, according to the release. Um, my question is, they started selling jewelry at... Safeway grocery store? What the fuck? I mean, I can't go into Safeway all the time because we don't have Safeway on the East Coast, but 
I've been to Safeway before and I can't say I've ever seen jewelry in Safeway, which kind of, I'm, I'm confused by this. Is this some Reno, Nevada, Lake Tahoe shit? Like they sell jewelry in the fucking Safeway? Um, There've been several incidents around the nation of people licking or purposefully can- contaminating items inside grocery stores, including an incident in Pennsylvania. I can't talk today. Pennsylvania, where a supposed prank caused a store to throw out $35,000 worth of product. God damn. Get the fuck out of here. That's some shit right there. 35 G's. Can you imagine being the person respond- re- responsible for having people throw out $35,000 worth of, of goods? California, um, okay, no, we're not going to read that part. Let me keep it moving. Uh, Walker was arrested and booked into El Dorado County Jail for felony vandalism. Get the fuck out of here! Mm, yes. You got to lick it to stick it, baby. Mm. Well, if you thought that maybe it seems a little quiet outside for whatever reason, I don't know, could be could be the weather could be there's nothing to do out there you know whatever the reason may be um if you thought that there might be some people out there taking advantage of the fact that the streets are emptier than normal you'd be absolutely fucking right reckless drivers are racing through the new york city streets as school speed zone ticketing doubles so you know who's actually still on the streets caught of cops cops are definitely on the streets I'm having problems today. I'm excited and and I'm and I'm noticing that uh maybe my my brain is not connecting with my mouth in terms of like avoid because I have to avoid this certain like term throughout the whole show. So it seems that words are starting to fail me now in other places. It's like when you like put your hand on a leak and then a leak springs up somewhere else. That's what you're listening to right now. That's it's fucking it's amazing. With motor vehicle traffic greatly diminished on the city streets for whatever reason. Experts have estimated the traffic volumes have dropped 35 to 50% since the first week of March. I wonder why. I don't know why. Well, anyways, some drivers are using this time to brush up on their reckless high-speed driving techniques. Whoever wrote that, they were feeling themselves when they wrote that shit. On Tuesday morning, one driver took an extremely rare and expensive Porsche, because this, this is going to be a great idea right from the beginning, uh, for a Grand Theft Auto-style smash-up through Midtown. They've got video of it, which you can see below. I'll be posting on socials for you guys. Shows the driver of a blue race car careening out of control and smashing into a vehicle. He then attempts to leave the scene, but ends up hitting three other parked cars on the way out. Mm. Yes, that this is that. These are those videos you watch where you're like, damn. If you was on the street seeing this person like not crash, you'd be like, damn, where where are the cops when you need them? Or like, this guy's gonna get somebody killed or himself. Or man, you know, it'd be funny if like, you know, if he, I don't want him to get hurt, but if if he was to smash up his beautiful, one of a kind, super rare, expensive ass Porsche, that would be kind of hilarious because he's being a dick. And that's exactly what happened here. Mm. Gotta love it. A police spokesperson told uh, Gothamist.com that 33 year old Benjamin Chen who was driving the 2014 Porsche Jambala Mirage GT. I'm not, I know a little bit about cars. I don't know about enough about cars to know how rare that car is, but apparently they say it's rare. He was arrested at the scene of West 44th Street and 11th Avenue and has been charged with reckless driving and operating a motor motor vehicle while impaired by drugs. Cops add that no one else was injured in the incident, which is the good news. Uh, Motor Trend noted that Chen is the co-founder of Gold, Gold Rush Rally. If I stumble up one more time, I'm quitting the show forever. Gold Rush Rally. 
It's an annual multi-state rally for owners of luxury and exotic vehicles, which has a reputation for encouraging dangerous driving. No fucking shit. They also um, co-produced Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. That last part, that's not true. I just threw that in there. Uh, Chen himself has wrecked several other luxury cars before, obviously not learning any lessons in any of those occurrences, including a McLaren 12C Spider during a gold rush rally in 2013. He reportedly lost control at a high rate of speed on a Texas highway and careened into a roadside storage unit complex. He was given a ticket for reckless driving for that incident. Um, Yeah, wow. They got a picture of the car all the way fucked up. Pretty, pretty bad. I wouldn't be surprised if it's totaled. Uh, Pretty rough. And he posts this on Instagram. This dude got to be super paid because he doesn't seem stressed by this at all. He posted on his Instagram... The caption reads, rough morning, photos taken by me, in asterisks. Like, okay. Um, Get the fuck out of here! A spokesperson for Gold Rush declined to comment beyond saying that Chen is no longer associated with the rally as of late August. He sounds like a PR nightmare. While this is one of the more extreme cases of drivers treating the streets like their own Dukes of Hazard stunt course, others have reported seeing cars racing on highways, city school speed cameras which are located in 750 zones around the city and are turned on from 6am to 10pm, have issued more than double the number of tickets in March compared to January. Um, There were 124,582 tickets issued in January 2020, 146,000 92 in February and 269,396 in March. God damn. One ticket costs 50 bucks each, so you do the math. 50 bucks times 269,396. God damn. Man. Um yeah, I guess it's just, you know, it's just one of them things. It's is one of them impulses, especially for car folks. You don't really get to drive that fast. There's a lot of traffic, there's all kinds of like people and shit that you got to avoid and then for whatever reason the streets get empty for a little while and then it seems like it might be a good time to fucking fast and furious that bitch you know um yeah this is gonna end bad if people keep keep that up that's for sure um yeah people are out there drag racing speeding um i know it's only it's only a 50 dollar ticket to them but uh if they end up losing their life or a neighbor's life killing somebody in the process uh not a good look and definitely worthy of... Get the fuck out of here! Yes. Where are we going next? We're going to New York. We're just going to stay in New York, apparently. Uh, people are luring Instacart shoppers with big tips and then changing them to zero. Come on, man. This is the life that we're living right now? This is, this is where we're at? Is this really how we want to treat our fellow man? That are out in the streets for whatever reason to bring you that bag of Tocitos that you really wanted. In late March, Instacart worker Annalisa Arambula accepted a grocery order that came with a big tip. $55. Damn, that's bigger than like some grocery bills. The store was just down the street. Everything the customer customer wanted was available. I I stumbled. I guess I have to quit the show. Fuck. It was good while it lasted. 11 episodes. Well, 10 and a half. 10 and a quarter. Should I keep going? All right, I'm going to keep going. I can't quit now. Not over that. Anyways, where was I? A $55 tip. The store was just down the street. Everything the customer wanted was available, and the order seemed to go off without a hitch. Fuck yeah. But an hour later, Arambula Arambula, checked her earnings on the Instacart app, and the entire tip was gone. 
with a message saying the customer modified the tip post-delivery. She ended up making $8.95 from Instacart on the order. I was flabbergasted. I couldn't believe it, Arambola told CNN Business. Man, so that's kind of fucked up. I mean, I'm all for like tipping adjusting, you know, tip adjusting to the service. That's cool. Most of the, most of the time you got to start at least, a, you know, start at a range of 15%, 20 if you're nasty, and, it, and then go up or down from there if you want. But try not to go too far under the minimum unless the person really fucks your shit up or is like spitting in your fucking face or something. Um, not put an exceptional crazy tip up front so they get hype and do the order hella good. And then when it's done, you like take it down to zero. Get the fuck out of here. Damn, at least leave the 15 or 20%. Even changing it is fucked up. Like, to promise that you're going to tip that heavy up front is, is... I didn't know that they... I mean, I don't know if this works like Uber Eats and shit, but to be able to see the tip up front and then have it snatched away after you do the work, it's pretty fucked up. Um, as you can imagine, these days, demand for grocery delivery is surging. Um, I guess a lot of people just want to uh, stay at home at the moment. And many customers are struggling to get the items they want or even a time slot for delivery. So some people are dealing with that by offering big tips to try and get ahead of everybody else. Yo, let me throw up this $50 tip and then hopefully somebody will see that order sitting there with the big tip and it's become like a bait and switch tactic. And so people are doing it, offering up the big tip and then taking it away as soon as the person gets there with the delivery. Fucked up. Come on. I need everybody to jump in with me now. Say it. It's very demoralizing. That's what Erin Bula said. She lives in Portland, Oregon, and has worked full-time for Instacart since June 2017. Quote, I don't pretend to be a hero like a nurse in a hospital, but I am literally exposing myself on the streets for when I return home, exposing my own family to the possibility of unsafe stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty fucked up. Pretty fucked up. Um, that's all I got to say about that, really. Just don't okay. Let's just let's turn that into a PSA. I got a few friends, and I know a few of the people that listen to this show are out in the streets delivering food for the people that don't want to do that and can't do that. And let's not be fucking assholes about it. Um, obviously, understand the the ability it takes, the risk it takes, the energy it takes, all that stuff that it takes to do it. Don't be a bait and switch, little bitch. All right, simple and plain. Get the fuck out of here. All right, what else do we got? Landlords asking for sex instead of rent. I don't know why. There's another part of it. There's a, there's a few extra words on this headline that I don't understand. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call the headline "Landlords asking for sex instead of rent." Government agency in the U.S. state of Hawaii has reported an increase in the number of women reporting landlords asking for sexual favors in exchange for rent. Get the fuck out of here! The Hawaii State Commission on the Status of Women noted more cases being reported suggesting that landlords are preying on tenants and their financial stress at the moment, for whatever reason. Due to recent layoffs and furloughs, only 69% of U.S. renters were able to make rent on April 1st, a couple weeks back. Immigration attorney Kevin Block says instead of asking for rent, some landlords are asking for, quote, other arrangements and even sending graphic sexual images when female tenants ask about the rent. Mr. Block said, I am concerned because reported incidents indicate a greater number of unreported incidents. Facts. Cara Jabola Carolis. Damn, she got a cool ass name. Cara Jabola Carolis up in this motherfucker. She's the executive director of the Hawaii State Commission on the Status of Women. 
She says sexual harassment by landlords has made, made it hard for women to shelter in place. For whatever reason, they may have to do that. There was no plan up front to prepare for the physical and sexual violence from the combination of lost income, uh, shelter in place for whatever reason, and systemic sexism. Mm. Uh, wow. An online guide has been created by the Hawaii State Commission for women if they're victimized by a landlord. The commission will offer guidance on the emergency rent assistance and will also be keeping a database of bad landlords. Anybody victimized by a landlord should file a complaint. Normally, tenants would have 180 days to report the incident to the Hawaii Civil Rights Commission, which takes jurisdiction unless it's a federally funded entity. All right. Um, so, yeah, if you're out there and you can't make your rent and your landlord's trying to make you give them the ill David Blowy, to keep the fucking to keep the fucking lights on to keep you to keep you in that place, you need to file a report. Uh, you got 180 days to do it. Don't don't do something you don't want to do. Fuck that. You got rights and they are on some bullshit. And that's crazy. Why would you take advantage of somebody in a time of need? Um, humans are on some fuck fucking bullshit. Is really what that is. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say about that one, but if you are in a situation where that is happening to you, do me a favor and report that shit and let's not, um, yeah, let's not empower the abusers in this fucking situation. Get the fuck out of here! In lighter news, but also concerning news, Disney Plus has digitally removed the butts from the Tom Hanks classic 1984 movie Splash. Disney Plus is aimed at family-friendly audiences, so the streaming service is censoring and editing content that falls outside of those parameters, sometimes in creative ways. <laughs> Even if the film was originally distributed by a Disney label and with a PG rating. I don't know how to feel about this. I got Disney Plus. It's cool. The kids love it. We like it. There's a lot of shit on there that's cool. Throwback cartoons, all the fucking Marvel movies, Star Wars, Mandalorian, all that. That's fine. But... If you got if you got something on there that you feel like you have to alter the original content to have it on there, maybe don't fucking have it on there. I don't think any kids that are watching Disney Plus give a flying fuck about Splash anyways. Uh, this is Tom Hanks' mermaid romantic comedy. For those that don't know, it was released in 1984 by Disney's Touchstone Pictures and featured shots of actress Daryl Hannah's naked bottom in her role as the mermaid Madison. Now... Despite featuring brief nudity and some strong language, Splash only received a PG rating at the time. Casual nudity, for, for your information, was pretty widespread in 80s movies. I did not know that. Learning something new with you guys today. It's been 36 years, practically my whole life, since Splash was released. But Disney Plus is here to finally cover up Hannah's naked hiney. Um, the version that's on Disney Plus, for those that haven't seen it, they extended her hair. Her hair now is super long. It It's kind of done well, but at the same time, it looks like she's like kind of got a hairy butt. She's got a hairy ass. It looks like she's werewolfing down there. Because it like the hair down on her butt region doesn't really shake naturally like the rest of her hair. And it's matted to her ass. So it looks a little bit funky. I don't know how to feel about it. Um, IGN reached out to Disney Plus for a comment. And have not heard back. I feel like Disney's plan is to just go mums the word on this motherfucker. 
Um, they have a bunch of other releases from Touchstone on Disney+, Plus, including Down and Out in Beverly Hills, The Color of Money, Adventures in Babysitting, Three Men and a Baby, Good Morning Vietnam, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Dick Tracy, Pretty Woman, The Rocketeer, Sister Act, Nightmare Before Christmas, Edward, Con Air, Face Off, Rushmore, Unbreakable, Bruce Almighty, and Lincoln. I guess they haven't had uh, any instances where they had to do any other editing. Um, oh, wait, actually, that's untrue. Splash is not the first older Disney release to have its content addressed by Disney+. Plus. The streaming service previously added outdated cultural depictions warnings to several of their classic films, including Dumbo, The Aristocats, Jungle Book, and Lady and the Tramp. Now, this is where it's crazy. This is crazy. They went through the, the time and effort to have somebody digitally alter just to cover up Daryl Hannah's turd cutter, right? But they, when it came time to like, oh, you know, yeah, Dumbo, Dumbo got some racist, like, blackface, like, crows or whatever. Like, but you know what? We're not going to take them out of the movie because that would fuck up the whole vibe of the movie, right? Let's just put a warning up front that says, like, oh, sorry for this outdated shit when we used to be super racist. You know what I'm saying? Like, isn't that crazy? I feel like that speaks to the craziness of really how prude the country is when it comes to sex is really like obviously there's a whole other like element there with the outdated cultural depictions very like delicately put which we could go on for ages for but also just what i can speak on right off the rip is knowing that in, in terms of splash it's because of how prude we've all become especially in the country like the sexual censorship is crazy um, do you think that anyone, any kid would watch Splash? I mean, first of all, whoever, whatever kids like loading up, yo, shit, 1984 Splash, I'm super excited about this, is already probably a serial killer anyways, right? Um, but let's just say little Timmy is super excited about a throwback movie that's 36 years old, um, and he's really interested in this movie. Do you think he's going to watch it and then see Daryl Hannah's naked ass running into the ocean and go, you know what? I feel like I should shoot up a fucking shopping mall all of a sudden. No, absolutely not. Get the fuck out of here. Absolutely fucking not. Um, so really, Disney, I think you need to get your priorities in order and not worry so much about Daryl Hannah's naked fucking dimple booty and worry more about outdated cultural depictions. That seems more like the thing that would be removed or, or twisted out of a movie uh, or edited out or flipped rather than uh, just give us a warning in the beginning. You could have put a warning in the beginning of Splash. Hey, little Timmy, just want to let you know, you're going to see Daryl Hannah's naked rump shaker. And when you see it, you know, skip off into the ocean, just want you to understand that the feelings that you're feeling are natural and you may want to give it a little smack or a little, you know what I mean? And that's totally cool and natural because that's what we do. It's human nature. It's all fine for us to want to maybe caress Daryl Hannah's mermaid booty. All right. Um, that, that would have been an acceptable warning to me. Uh, but instead, they chose to go the very predictable route. So Disney Plus, you can get a get the fuck out of here. plus. Yes. Yes, you can. Um, we're doing pretty good so far. How you guys? Are you guys feeling good? Are you guys feeling light and airy you know what i mean are you feeling very like like we used to feel in the old days because i'm really making a strong concerted effort to make you feel that way all right um let me not even bring attention to it let's just keep it moving all right um you know there's a place that i like to go and i like to go there regularly i mean i live there but also i like to just poke my head out the window for y'all on the regular week to week and let you guys know that um it's okay 
it's okay because no matter how crazy you think it is around your block, um, yeah, you can always get on the Florida. Okay, so I think you should use this idea for your Florida, Florida segment and get the out, out of here. So I came up with get on the Florida because when the cops come arrest you with their handcuffs, they're like, get on the floor so that they can put the handcuffs on. And since it's about Florida and all the crazy stuff that happens there, which is usually involved with the cops, so get on the Florida is Florida. And also get on the Florida. I mean, get on the floor. So I think you should use it because I'm smart. Get on the floor. <laughs> Where everybody knows your name. It's that beautiful place. Doom, 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 doom. Where you can have someone try to eat your face. Boom, boom, boom. Get on the fucking Florida. Fucking get on the fucking Florida, you bitch. Doom, 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 doom. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's hot, it's muggy, it's humid, it's beautiful. It's my little paradise. Yes, get on the Florida. Welcome back. Where are we going to start? We're going to start right around the corner from me. Broward County, Florida. Mm. Where I grew up. Many of my years. Went to middle school, high school in Broward, Broward County. Mm. What's going on in Broward? Well, a judge is letting lawyers know that they need to get out of bed and put on a shirt if they're going to be attending Zoom court hearings. Get the fuck out of here! Mm. Yes. Now, this I don't know if this has happened anywhere else, but for this to pop up as a headline is some Florida shit for sure. The article says that casual attire can be excused for many of our work-from-home virtual calls that are going on right now at the moment. Uh, it's been getting very popular for some reason. But they can go only go so far when you're a lawyer zooming into a court hearing. Because obviously they got to keep court hearings going no matter if, you know, sometimes maybe they can't meet in court for whatever reason. Now, as courts are holding some of their proceedings online, Broward Circuit Judge Dennis Bailey has described some of what he's been seeing from the bench. Quote, it is remarkable how many attorneys appear inappropriately on camera. That's amazing. Uh, we've seen many lawyers in casual shirts and blouses with no concern for ill grooming, in bedrooms with the master bed in the background, etc. One male lawyer appeared shirtless and one female attorney appeared still in bed, still in the covers, under the covers, God. That's amazing. That's the fucking best. So tight can you imagine if your life was in the balance and you were like oh man I, nah, I, you know like you, you like the guys in uh my cousin Vinny, and they're like no nah, don't don't worry about it man i'm telling you we got a great lawyer she's really good she's she really means business and then they connect her noom, 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 and then she pops up on the zoom and the bitch is in bed she's still under the covers what the fuck is going on oh man get the fuck out of here uh, the judge also wants them to know that putting on a beach cover-up won't cover up your poolside in a bathing suit, so please, if you don't mind, let's treat court hearings as court hearings whether we're Zooming or not. Since Broward County's courthouses uh, have not been able to have as many um, hearings in the building for whatever reason, uh, they've approximately conducted 1,200 Zoom hearings involving a total of 13,771 participants. So next time you're having a problem on Zoom, your background won't load or it's the connection's not good, it's probably because it's 13,771 motherfuckers in Florida showing up in their bathing suits to talk about fucking traffic tickets and shit. 
Bailey also noted in his letter that Zoom hearings can take longer than ones held in a courtroom because of technology lag and the issue of quote, people talking over each other, which challenges the responsibility to make contemporaneous objections. I can imagine the flow of any conversation in public in real life um, has a certain speed to it and a certain give and take. But when you put that online uh, and you, you account for lag and latency, it can really fuck up the natural inclination to have a conversation. So I can only imagine how frustrating that can be when you're trying to argue somebody's case. Often lawyers are not looking at their screens, but down at their files, their outlines and notes are simply out the window. <laughs> ah, what say you, counselor? This motherfucker's out. Dream, 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 dream. And when they're looking out the window, they can't see the judges hollering, stop, stop, because an objection has been made and the audio stays with the witness rather than obeying the judge. Man, I hope this would be a fucking terrible time to get jury duty because... It sounds more, I guess maybe some people would think it would be better, but to me, it would be more painful to have to sit through a fucking Zoom hearing with all these like people trying to figure out how to use technology rather than just go inside and get dismissed or, uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. To me, it sounds like a fucking nightmare. Um, the judge concluded, if all this sounds like a challenge, it is, but there is no such thing as an objection to Zoom. But yeah, best to make sure you're wearing some pants. Man. So lawyers out there in Florida and across the globe, really, um, you might want to still get dressed for work and maybe like, get the fuck out of here. I mean, I'm out here doing fucking videos and shit and trying to like make beats or whatever, but I, I get dressed and come to the room and do it. And if I'm going to do a YouTube video, I put my fucking pants on and shit. Like, how could you even feel comfortable talking to the camera with no pants on? Fucking weirdos. You like, you guys probably watched Splash when you were kids, right? And you were super excited about it. Fucking serial killers. Get on the floor. <laughs> Speaking of serial killers, <laughs> I love a good segue. Uh, where are we going to go next in our lovely state of ours? We're going to go to Tampa. Tampa, which has been very talked about recently. And why? Well, the headline here reads, Carol and Howard Baskin say Tiger King makers betrayed their trust. Get the fuck out of here! Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. In the very first interview since the Netflix series aired, the Big Cat Rescue founders say the series skimmed over animal suffering to glamorize animal abusers. Pot. Um, pot, meat, uh, kettle, and uh, you're both black. Cool. Tight. All right. Um, this article is basically talking about how they feel duped by the filmmakers. The Baskets have worked for years to outlaw the pay-to-play industry, which takes cubs prematurely from their mothers to be passed around to paying customers. It leaves thousands of tigers languishing in captivity once they're too big to cuddle. I have a, um, I have something to fucking confess to you guys. I am part of the problem. I went to Las Vegas with my wife uh, some years back now. This is a long time ago, probably like eight years ago, nine years ago. And... Um, they had a spot in the MGM Grand where you could uh, take a picture with a, a little little tiger, little baby tiger, and um, we, we we took the picture. We took the picture. It's actually like one of the first pictures in frames that you you see when you walk into our house, and we're feeling some type of way about it right now. We're feeling like um, maybe we should take that down because we're part of the problem. That's what Peter says. Um, I know it wasn't that like no roadside zoo or whatever, but. I'm sorry, guys. I took a fucking picture with a baby tiger. <laughs> Please don't hate me. Please still listen to my music, okay? Um, anyways, K 
Carroll and Howard Baskin, uh, they sat for interviews for the documentary thinking the filmmakers were going to focus on their cause. Now, anyone with a Netflix account knows that's not what fucking happened. Tiger King has become a viral hit since debuting on March 20th. Some believe the series glamorizes the worst actors in the captive tiger trade as endearing eccentrics while portraying Carol Baskin as a shady exploiter no better than the abuser she spent years trying to shut down. I just feel so angry that people have totally missed the point, is what she told the Tampa Bay Times in her first interview since the series aired. And the point is these cubs are being abused and exploited and the public is enabling that. I also killed my husband. Um, what I was telling my wife about this shit, though, is, like, it's very, you can be manipulated by good editing. You know, I'm, a, I'm an editor on the side, and you can really do a whole lot with editing. Editing can really convince you of some shit that's not factual. And I'm not saying one way or the other whether or not any of this shit is left or right. I'm just saying, can you imagine, can you just imagine for a split second that, this lady, Carol Baskin, is really telling the truth and really her husband just vanished and he was ill with it and he's in Costa Rica right now getting his fucking balls licked or whatever and she didn't, she didn't know, like she didn't, let's just say she didn't kill him for argument's sake. And then imagine the whole 30 million people watch this fucking documentary on Netflix and now start making up memes left and right and center commenting on every YouTube video you put up that you murdered your husband. That's crazy. Now I'm not saying... I mean, I may have one, I may have an opinion one way or the other, but all I'm saying is, regardless of what my personal opinion is, I wouldn't like enter her space to tell her how I feel. She's a complete stranger to me, and people are crazy as fuck to me for like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna make sure this bitch knows I think she kills her fucking husband. First of all, you're a fucking stranger to her. And second of all, is you don't know all the facts. You don't know everything. You haven't the only way that you could 100 percent justifiably go to carol baskin and tell her yo whatever i think you murdered your husband is if you are hire a pi or you are a pi if you hire a pi and he studies the case for six months and gets gets evidence and fucking gathers all these interviews and shit and then tells you okay random person yes i think carol baskin killed her husband then you have my permission to go and fucking send her fucking hate mail and fucking whatever comment on her youtube videos that she murked her husband Unless you do all that, I just want to let you know you should probably back up off it, man. I know you're bored for whatever reason. You may be trapped inside. You haven't gone out a lot lately. But do you really feel the need that you have to go? All right, look. The reason why I brought it up is because in this interview, they're talking about they've, since the series aired, they've feared leaving their home, her and her husband, because of death threats that have flooded in since the show. Get on the floor <laughs> Since the show, they've seen drones flying over their home. Um, they have a doorbell, probably a ring camera or whatever. They've captured as many as 30 people a day lingering as the sanctuary has been closed since March 16th for whatever reason. And um, it had closed four days before the series aired, which technically for them is probably the best. Um, it couldn't have happened at a better time for whatever reason they had to close their park. And it's probably the greatest because they don't really... Mm, having the park open right now is probably... You need to let this blow over till the next hot shit comes out on Netflix. Um, but yeah, of course, they're saying whatever. Nothing about that is really bothering them. It's really what, what really bothers them the most is how Tiger King's breezed over the suffering of the captive tiger trade. That's what they're saying. Um, there's almost no way to describe the intensity of the feeling of betrayal. And I, I, I feel that. If you were them and you thought you were, you know, giving an interview for something that was going to be like painted to you as a certain way and then it got flipped, you know, you'd probably be pretty fucking upset. 
Only thing is, I bring it up to just say people are crazy if they're really going out of their way, like to get real passionate about. I don't know. This it's just kind of it's it's kind of stupid, no? I mean, if they're reopening the case now to investigate Don Lewis's disappearance, and that's 100% act. That's great. I love that. All right, cool. But do a bunch of strangers need to go and, like, harass this lady without really having the full facts just because they watch, like, a super trumped-up, edited, like, thing? I don't know. I just, that ain't, that ain't my vibe. Whatever it is, uh, it's going on in Florida, baby. You best believe it, you fucking crazy cats and kittens. Yeah. I love it. Get on the floor. <laughs> all right. Now this one reaches out to New Jersey. All right. But it's a Florida man, of course. Florida man charged with New Jersey pizza fraud over fake orders for first responders. Get on the floor. <laughs> New Jersey authorities filed criminal charges against a Florida man who allegedly made a series of calls to local pizza restaurants placing huge fake orders on behalf of the local police and other first responders and then using subsequent calls to scream racial epithets. South Brunswick police said Sudeep Ketani, who's 34 years old from Orlando, Florida, represent, represent, allegedly committed more than a dozen instances of fraud striking pizza parlors in three counties. Multiple pizzerias lost thousands of dollars on giant orders placed and then never picked up or paid for. Fucked up. South Brunswick Police Deputy Chief James Ryan told News 4 at least one, restaur- one restaurant closed after losing substantial money on a fake order. They closed. This motherfucker closed their restaurant. They lost so much money. That's crazy. Is there no way to verify or maybe get the money up front or a deposit for a big order, though? I feel like our pizza place is missing out on the protocol that every other, like, sub shop and other... Like, you can't go place a fucking giant, like, catering order at Firehouse Subs without putting down a deposit or Quiznos. I used to work at Quiznos. You know what I mean? You have to put down, come in, put schedule, and you got to put down a, like, 50% deposit. I don't, you can't just call and be like, yo, I'm, I'm, my name's Sudeep Katani or whatever, and I want to v- order 500 pizzas. And then they just whip it up and start making 500 pizzas. I think um, the Pizza Guild, whoever is in charge of that, they need to work on that. Because it's way too easy to fucking fake a pizza order, is what I'm saying. Um, in multiple of the cases, authorities said that Katani allegedly screamed vulgar and racist abuse at Italian employees of the restaurants, uh, wishing them to get sick. And telling them to go back to Italy. God damn. South Brunswick police said they are working with authorities in Florida to find Katani, who is currently on probation for selling fake tickets to Walt Disney World. This dude is amazing. He faces theft charges in New Jersey, and police are looking at whether he could face bias and harassment charges as well. The case stands in a sharp contrast to the reception uh, that most uh, first responders have uh, generally received throughout the tri-state uh, whenever they're doing their job for whatever reason, including massive outpourings of free food, public applause, and offers of places to sleep and rest. Crazy. That's fucked up, and I hope they get them, and I hope they can refund me those tickets that I bought to Disney that were no good. Get on the floor. <laughs> and then right at the end, just to wrap it up nicely, put a little bow on it, we're going to do a little murder porn, baby. Husband accused of murdering wife pretended she was on her deathbed. Mm. Where are we going to go for this one, though? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
they don't actually don't have the location listed there. That's kind of weird. All right, we'll figure it out along the way. Whatever, either way, it's a Florida man, and he's accused of killing his estranged wife and trying to cover up her disappearance by claiming she was on her deathbed. From whatever reason. Friends only suspected Gretchen Anthony, 51 years old, could be in trouble after getting baffling text messages in late March, claiming she was being held with an acute case of a sickness, some sort of sickness. Jupiter, Florida is where we are. Jupiter, yeah, represent, represent. Jupiter, Florida cops soon proved she had not been treated locally for any illness and hadn't made any insurance claims for any treatment whatsoever. You know where they go after this? Officers soon focused on her 48-year-old husband, David Anthony. He had separated from her in February and his vocabulary seemed to match the messages that were sent. So they did a little analysis and the text messages were using some phrases and some wording that he uses regularly. So already clue number one. Forensic files in this motherfucker. A neighbor at the couple's home told officers she had heard a blood-curdling scream and a woman pleading, no, no, it hurts. That's what the affidavit said. As the investigation progressed and further evidence was collected, it's believed that David E. Anthony is responsible for her disappearance and related homicide. Eek. The husband was eventually found in Las Cruces, New Mexico, on March 31st, 10 days after he allegedly killed his wife. They charged him with second-degree murder and kidnapping and is being held awaiting extradition to Palm Beach County. They have not found Gretchen's body as of yet. God damn. Somebody tried to take advantage of the current climate of the world and what's going on out there for whatever reason, and he didn't get away with it, guys. So that's good news. He didn't get away with it. Get on the floor. <laughs> Florida, man. Florida never disappoints, you know? Have you noticed that now? It's why I keep it as a recurring segment. When the world, you know, starts to really turn at full speed again, I'm wondering whether or not we should ice Florida sometimes or, or we should keep Florida as a segment every episode. Do you love hearing about Florida and how crazy it is? Do you always want to get a little dose of Florida in your life? Let me know, all right? Please let me know if you love the segment because to me it just feels good to check out what's going on in the crazy Florida world. Get on the floor. <laughs> All right, y'all, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of 100% um, clean, unadulterated, no talk of the unmentionables episode. All right, I hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed bringing it to you. Uh, Episode number 11, we out here. I think we should get a couple lines in, check the phone, see what's cracking with y'all before we wrap this up this week. And I just want to, once again, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, yeah, um, nothing, nothing more to do to keep this party going than to do a line. Hey, Rack, it's uh, Jake calling from uh, Schloss Wickling, Germany. Much love. Been listening to uh, Pressure Point very much these days. And uh, your story about when you were 18 and you uh, went down to the band and you couldn't take your camera inside, but the guy then let you. Uh, really inspired me and I'm thinking about just saying fuck it after all the shit is over I'm uh, going to buy a plane ticket to the USNA uh, Just to watch you or Mayday perform which is a really big dream of mine and uh, another question is um, in Your song Galil is uh, the Galil uh, your guitar. I'm not sure but yeah, that's it much love Keep on going, loving the podcast, and goodbye.
Yo, Jake from Germany. Fuck yeah, we worldwide in this bitch. GTFOH nation. GTFOH world. GTFOH universe. Fucking Jake from Germany. Thank you, brother. Very cool to hear from you. I would love to go to Germany. I have some family over there, uh, some extended family, and I have not yet been able to visit. It's a plan of mine. It's a dream of mine. So you have a dream to come over and fuck with us. I got a dream to go over there and fuck with y'all. Um, hopefully sooner than later, and I would love to perform there. It's Yeah, I really want to, in the later second half of my career, I really want to focus on international. I really want to expand and like go perform in some different spots. Um so that story you mentioned was, yeah, a story when I went, when I was 18, I went to Scribble Jam in Cincinnati and I flew myself there because it was one of the biggest battles that they had at the time. And I was trying to get, you know, get my foot in the door and crack, crack heads on the MC battle circuit to kind of like get my music career going. And, uh, the first year I couldn't make it out there with friends. So the only way I knew how to get there was just fly out there, you know? So I flew myself out there and at the time I was the only one who went out there. So I just flew by myself and just, I, whatever, I was just trying to thug it out and make it happen. And I got to the club and, um, I took a camcorder everywhere. I have a shitload of high eight tapes from that era and I'm planning on, uh, digitizing them slowly over time and, and, you know, really, uh, getting the vibe going with that stuff so I can do some cool documentaries and shit. But, um, I took my camera everywhere back then, filmed everything, and they wouldn't let me in to the to the club. So for those who didn't hear the story before, um, I ended up having to talk my way in, and luckily the security guard at the time was cool enough to let me in, uh, and and I was able to like, yeah, I just I just couldn't use my camera that night. But yeah, man, you gotta travel, you gotta get out there. Um, we'd love to have you. If any, if if you talk to anybody online who's traveled. Um, from out of the country or out of state to a Mayday show, we always do our best to really like accommodate anyone who comes to travel to visit us. We appreciate it a lot. We've been doing it so long that we're able to fully appreciate somebody making the trip to see us. So um, yeah, man, come on down. We'll, we'll take good care of you. We'll have a good time. Uh, you're more than welcome at any show whenever shows start kicking back up at full speed. We'd love to have you. And your second question, Galil. A lot of people asked me this question and the funniest time was I was on tour and a group of... Uh, people came up to me and uh, during a meet and greet and they were like, Hey man, what's Galil about? And then I told them and they're at the end of my explanation, they said, oh, all right, cool. Cause for a little while we thought you were talking about your dick. <laughs> and I was like, what? No, man. No, Galil is an assault rifle. I'm not a big gun person or whatever, but, um, I was playing, this is going to be the nerdiest explanation ever. I was playing a lot of call of duty at the time. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was modern warfare or some shit. And, um, I, I liked, there was my favorite gun in the game was the Galil. It's an Israeli assault rifle. And, um, I just was writing that record about, um, about striking back, about feeling like I'm very passive. So like sometimes passive people get overlooked or not respected as much in, in whatever regard because they don't ever like show force. And I just wanted to like, it was my poetic way of saying you can push a person too far and you can push them past their limits. And sometimes you may not expect it, but they will strike at you. So it was my way of saying that, yeah, you can be you can be touched and you can get, you know, assaulted basically if, if push comes to shove. So 
um, yeah, I wrote it kind of like, I just like the way it sounded. I like the name of the actual gun. And it just made me, I don't know, it just kind of snuck its way into my subconscious. And when I wrote that track at the time, it just popped in there and I kind of went from there. Uh, it's one of my favorite tracks it's, that I've ever done. It's a cool off-time signature. Uh, and, and Plex killed that beat. And um, it's it's one of the songs that people mention to me a lot the most. And people, I see the people on YouTube a lot talking about they're mad I didn't do a video for it. And they're like, oh, you know, they, I do video for other songs where they didn't feel that it was as good as Galil. And um, I did want to do a video for it. And unfortunately, we shot maybe 25% of the video. And then it wasn't completed, like, scheduling-wise. And just, like, the crew that I was working with, one of the guys moved to L.A. So we j it just kind of fell apart. But I think it's one of those videos, it's one of those songs in my catalog that I would love to go back and finish that video or shoot a new video for it because I do... I do love that record. So, um, yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jake from Germany. I appreciate you. Uh, much love and hope to see you over here soon or hope to come to your neck of the woods soon. GTFOH world in this bitch. Yeah. All right. Let's see how many more we can squeeze in. Let's do another line. Hey, Rex. So we were just talking about Galil in the uh, Discord chat. Um, you posted the like streams for Apple Music for the past uh, month and you had Galil in there, and I said I wasn't surprised that it was still in the top 10 after so many years. It's, frankly, one of your best songs, in my opinion. Um, and I just wanted to know um, pretty much everything about it. Um, obviously, it's in some ways about a mass shooter, um, and kind of from their perspective, but then in another way, it just kind of seems about... Um, like frustration with the music industry um and maybe not being as accepted into it as you should be um am i am i right am i on base am i way off let me know all right spencer my guy always coming through with the lines i'm about to make him like a co-host of the show and shit he calls in so much this is my guy wrecking crew affiliate uh yeah we we do um some cool like we have some cool conversations and talk about the stats on the back end of the streaming and all that stuff in our discord chat server so if any of y'all are interested in joining up with us uh you can go to patreon.com forward slash recognize and um basically join up with us and i think pretty much every tier except for the lowest tier has access to the chat server and we do all kinds of cool stuff in there talk all kinds of random shop do like live streams together and they we got movie nights and shit we just started so it's you know we got a bunch of stuff in there so come kick it with us so as spencer was mentioning i did post up some streams uh, some streaming data on the new project because everyone was asking me how it was doing and when we were sh when I was showing them what the last like six months or I think it was three months or something of streams the top 20 songs on Apple Music Galil was in there and yeah Galil is still one of my most streamed songs so it's funny that we're getting back-to-back -back messages about it right now uh, but like I also wanted to show like share Spencer's message because I love the way that no matter how many different, no matter how on the nose a certain record is, there's always room for like interpretation and people always think something different depending on who they are and what they've been through. So I just think there's some beauty in that. And I always love, sometimes I hate correcting people when they get the lyrics wrong because the lyric that they come up with or they hear has some kind of relation to what they are passionate about or moved by so it's like sometimes fucked up to be like nah nah it wasn't i didn't say that i said this you know so uh i just like the way that there's so many different interpretations especially if the music is poetic enough there can be many different interpretations so yeah i mean spencer you already heard kind of what i said on the last call so you know um it, it really is just about 
uh, yeah, me feeling definitely what you said about the music industry is part of it because that's just part of my like general attitude going into things. Uh, And my business is also like that as well. So there have been times where I felt in the industry that we get overlooked or because we're not like pit bulls when it comes to that. We're not like sharks with our like with our business acumen we're we're very easygoing and just like we're not on some diva shit so sometimes i feel like we get the short end of the stick because of that you know but um i appreciate the mention galil if you haven't heard the song before please go out and stream it right now it's everywhere and you know get them streaming numbers up let's do one more before we wrap this thing to fuck up this week let's go let's do another line what up Rick? miguel from texas here second time caller long time listener tour question the most b- bizarre thing you guys ever saw, the most weirdest thing you guys encountered or saw, heard, seen, let us all know. Thanks. Miguel from Texas, second time caller, long time listener. Yeah. Thank you for the line, my brother. Tour. Oh, God. Tour. Wow. Um, we've been touring with Strange Music now since 2011. Our first tour was the All Sixes and Sevens tour in 2011. And before that, I had done another national tour with, um, before I joined Mayday, um, in 2006. So we did one national tour, then we went kind of quiet while we were figuring out our situation and doing a lot of music for three, four years, five years. And then we started full-time, like, like rampantly touring with Strange. And we have seen a fuck ton of crazy shit some very like crazy occurrences, fights, random people. We've met thousands of people on the road. Uh, but when people ask me that recently, the story that I, I, that always pops up in my mind is actually two stories on, on the same tour that always pop up into my mind. And, uh, I think I might have to save the other story for another episode because that story is long as hell. And, um, but yeah, the, the main story that always pops up into my mind was the pre-hangover tour that I went on with Potluck. Uh, we were, we had just been displaced off our main bus on the tour, which is the longer story, which I will say for another episode. But we were on a loner bus. It was our first night on that bus. So we were still kind of like displaced, didn't really like not feeling all the way settled on our brand new like home. And um, we had to park the bus in a parking lot, commercial parking lot. Uh, that was like around the corner from the club, the venue. And a bunch of the guys went out to go get food or do something. And I was on the bus and I think I might've been the only one left on the bus. There was no driver yet. And I I was by myself and I get a knock on the bus door. Boom, boom, boom. I go to the bus door. I look through the little curtain or whatever. And there was a guy there standing there and he looked kind of disheveled a little bit. He looked like he was a little weathered, but he didn't look weathered enough for me to feel concerned about opening the door. So I open up the door and he's looking up at me. And then as I remove the door from between us, I notice that his he's got a very strange look on his face. Very borderline serial killerish. You know the scene in Unbreakable when the guy breaks into the house and he's like, I like your house. Can I come in? Like, it was that kind of vibe when he opened the door, when I opened the door, rather. And the guy said to me, um, can I come on the bus? And then, can I come on your bus, is what he said to me. And I was like, um, I'm like, do you know somebody? Are you, are you, is somebody expecting you? Are you, are you? And he was like, no, um, I got to take a poop, is what he said to me. 
And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, bro. There's no bathroom on here, which is a lie. But either way, it doesn't matter if there's a bathroom because you can't take a shit on bus bathrooms anyways. There's no grinders on those bathrooms. So he couldn't, I couldn't have helped him anyway, but regardless. But he was freaking me the fuck out. So he was like, I've got to take a poop. And I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry, bro. I don't know what to tell you. Like, there's no bathroom up here. And he was like, so why can't I brush? And I'm like, he went into a whole nother galactical language. And then I was like, sorry, man. And then he started to freak me out because I felt like he was physically, like, ready to spring into the bus, like, force past me. And I was by myself. So I was like, well, fuck this. So I'm like, hey, man, sorry, bro. Sorry about that, man. <laughs> Boom. Fucking slammed the bus door closed, right? I slammed the bus door closed. And this dude, I'm watching him because he freaked me out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I, he, I felt a weird vibe from the dude. Like, he would low-key could have been a serial killer. And I was peeking at him through the curtain, just kind of making making sure he didn't, like, do nothing crazy. And he just proceeded to go, ah, oh, I guess I can't go on the bus. All right, it is what it is. Walked basically 15 feet in front of the bus, squat down, and took a shit right in front of the bus. Just chilling chilling and then he had like a white t-shirt that was wrapped around his like arm and he unwrapped it and then he used that to wipe his ass and this all happened he did his thing boom 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 whatever bounced left me there on the bus feeling freaked the fuck out that the fucking serial killer fucking serial shitter uh was gonna try and like enter our bus and nobody was there to see it if i remember correctly and then they came back and i was like bro some dude came on he told me he wanted to come on the bus and then he was saying he had a poop on the bus those are the exact words he used poop and um it was fucking it was crazy and and we've seen all kind we've seen fights and we've seen uh random like incidences people get super fucked up and had to get carried out of places and we've seen a lot of that kind of shit but those things start to blur together after a while because you've seen so many of them um, that it's hard for me to pick out some of those particular incidences. Whereas with that story, I've never had someone knock on the bus and say they needed to poop on the bus. So that one always sticks out to me. And remind me, for a future episode, I will tell you guys the wild story of how we lost our bus on that tour. Because uh, that's probably the craziest thing that's ever happened to me on any fucking tour. And if you know the story, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, then we'll talk about it at another time for sure. Because that's a good one. Um, but in the meantime, I want to once again thank everybody for listening. Episode 11 of the GTFOH podcast. We did it, folks. We made it. Not one mention of the fucking... Gr- Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I almost did it. Everybody okay? All right, cool. All right, y'all. Stay safe. I love you guys, and I'll see y'all next week. Hit me with the goddamn song. It's that time again. We gotta say goodnight. You know it's getting late. Tomorrow is another day, my friend. All right, people. It's time to go home. Yep. Losing time. We're ready to head on out. So let's go. You don't have to go home. But you can't stay here Now you're making me mad You're gonna make me swear Get the fuck out of here
Dutchy Sayonara. Get the fuck out. Ciao. Good night. Bye bye. So long. Farewell. Get the See you later, out. alligator. In a wild crocodile. Say good night. Get the fuck out. Get the, Get the fuck out of here. Get Come on, out. give me a fucking break. Can I get a refill, please? Hey, Get you. The GTFOH Podcast. Learn more at thegtfohpodcast.com. Just what the world needed, one more podcast. Get the fuck out of here!